And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Late night Midnight on the interstate I didn't feel so Welcome back to Straight from the Source. Hello, everybody. And uh, man, last show of 2020, but we're getting ready for hockey season. Officially starting uh, on Sunday, the Wild Start Training Camp. And their season starts January 14th in Los Angeles. They play two games against the Kings, then two games against the Anaheim Ducks, which is where uh, the Wild finished last season. And the person that scored that game-winning goal in overtime in dramatic fashion to end a scorching Time down the stretch is my first guest and my last guest of 2020, Kevin Fiala. How are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm do- I'm doing well. It's going to be. Uh, I-, I was just telling you before we started the show, it's going to be weird not seeing you this season. Uh, <laughs> it might be a welcome thing in the locker room not to have a bunch of media around, but I'm sure it's going to be just strange how different this is going to be, even from media obligations that everything's going to be virtual so far this season. Oh yeah, it's gonna be very strange not to have you guys in in the locker room. You know, uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be strange the, the whole season. I think you know, uh, with all the rules going on, uh, what we can do, what we can't do, and uh, so it's gonna be very special. And uh, but in the other way, we're very excited to get started. You know, it's been a, a long, long um, couple months here. So yeah, we're very excited. Yeah, how was it in the bubble? Uh, you know, obviously it didn't end the way that you guys wanted. You you picked up right where you left off, though, at the end of the regular season when you had 14 goals and 12 assists down the stretch in the final 18 games. You were player of the month or uh, one of the players of the month in in the month of uh, February as well, uh, Kevin. But what was it like in the bubble playing without fans and and to do that now for 56 games mostly? Uh, how hard will that be? 
Yeah, you know, honestly, um, the first game against Colorado, the the, the pre pre playoff game was uh, was tough. I thought uh, with no fans, you know, you gotta find the motivation by yourself. You know, when you have a shot on goal or a great chance, there's nobody cheering, so you gotta get used to it. But uh, honestly, on the on the first game against Vancouver, I I, I didn't even. And notice at all. I was so focused, and uh, I think everybody, everybody was. So, uh, but now for the for the season, for the regular season, I think it's, it will be uh, different. You will notice it more than in the playoffs. Yeah, the um, I mean, I, I I just can't even imagine. I can't wait to actually be in these games just to see what that atmosphere is going to be like, Kevin. Especially for a goal scorer like yourself, that it does generate excitement. I'm sure from the fans, especially when you score goals. Um, to to you, you mentioned all the rules that you have to deal with uh, right now. What has it been down uh, like at Tria? Um, when you walk into the rink, uh, do do you get tested? Do you have to wear masks everywhere? How does that all work? Yeah, well, uh, we get tested every every second day, so we have to take the max masks on. So it's uh, very weird, you know, the trainers and coaches and all of those uh, uh, guys have uh, masks on and on the bench as well. So it's a little weird, but honestly, it's uh, I got used to it. So it's. Uh, very weird to see fans on the TV when you look at the the games in Europe or whatsoever. So uh, it's been strange uh, how things changed for sure. The uh, the, the situation with um, with uh, you, you know being on the road, not being allowed to leave the hotels. I mean, it's basically the way the rules read to me is that you go to the rink and you go to the hotel. You have to eat at the hotel. I think they're going to revisit this in mid-February to see if they can at least allow you you guys a little more freedom. But, you know, how, how tough will that be? To, to I mean, you know what it's like on the road. Uh, after practice, after a morning skate, you, you kind of want to just get some fresh air, especially when you're going to be out in California, Arizona, Vegas, places like that. Yeah, exactly. I don't know anything about the rules right now. But uh, like you said, uh, if it, if it's gonna be like that, just uh, just to be inside, and it's gonna be a little tough, you know, especially when you're in in that area in California when it's nice weather. You you want to go out for a walk. You want to catch the sun when you can, you know. But uh, we will have to see, and uh, yeah, we just have to wait and see what what the rules are. And uh, but on the other hand, uh, I feel like we're very lucky to to play and. Uh, so we can be happy uh, no matter what happens. What was what was this uh, very sh- weird short timed off season like for you, Kevin? I, you know, I'm sure that you ha- you did have to be at least happy the way that you know you showed in the in the little short playoff that that you were the same type of player uh, that you were down the stretch of the regular season. But how how much now is is really preparing yourself almost mentally to now really pick up where you left off and and really prove over a you know again a quote unquote full season it's only fifty six games that that what we saw down the stretch last year which was a dominant star uh, is going to be the new Kevin Fiala that we see on an everyday basis. Yeah, um, well, I, I uh, trained and uh, did everything like last year, you know, uh, like I always I do, and uh, mentally also. Uh, I feel I I got stronger this summer this uh, over this break and I'm gonna try to be the the, the player that I was uh, in the end of the regular season last year and in the playoffs so 
um well i don't know what to say kind of i, I feel i can be the same player and uh, i'm going to do everything for for it to be you know and i feel uh, that my teammates uh, the coaches uh, they help me so much that i can be myself and and kind of just uh yeah they they help me every day to be to be better and uh, i'm very appreciative for that do you, do you, when you look back at last October, uh, you know how, how much was that a grind on you mentally to uh, you know handle? You you weren't getting a lot of ice time. You were scratched a couple times. I know that you weren't happy about that type of stuff, but yet you you overcame it. You earned so much more ice time, and you just it, it seemed to erupt in November. How much did you have to almost you know like what was going on behind the scenes in October that made you to sort of say, stay sane mentally and grow from it rather than just getting all pissed off and floundering? Yeah, well, it was tough, you know. Um, but but like I said before, I had my teammates, I had my, the the coaches on my side to help me out. Uh, I had a tough time there in the start of the year, but I didn't give up. I always. Uh, uh, try to do my best uh, practice every day and uh, somehow it came you know and I had no doubts about that that it will mm-hmm. come but uh, sometimes it's hard you know um, especially when you have a tough time like uh, a long time if I can say that you know I, I had a long time um, in Nashville as well you know that just uh, so mentally it was uh, not every day was easy you know it was very hard but uh yeah, I just overcame it, and uh, thank God. And right now, I feel yeah, I feel great, and hopefully, I never have to go back. But <laughs> it's it's a truth. I mean, it's a, that's a, a hockey player. I mean, every sport it goes up and down, you know. And if you're down, you can just you can't just give up. And uh, and if you have the support I had, it gets uh, a lot easier. Have you, have you, uh, let's talk a little bit about your relationship with Dean Evison. You mentioned your coaches. I mean, he's somebody that you've mentioned. I remember talking to you early last season. I think we were in Vancouver and and you were so honest about your early relationship with Dean and how there was a lot of tough love there. Um, and, and now he's your head coach, you know, who would have thought it shows you how small the hockey world was that your coach when you were with the Milwaukee Admirals is now your, your head coach in Minnesota. What, what was it like early in those, in those, uh, years in Milwaukee that, that, you know, turned out to be such a big, valuable learning lesson with you and Dean? Yeah, well, I come, I came over very early. I, I was 18 and, uh, he was a tough coach, uh, before as well. And, uh, well, sometimes he had to kick in my ass, kind of, and that I have to, I have to practice hard every day, you know, to to show up and uh, be a professional. You know, that's that's what he uh, learned me the most, you know, and on the ice as well. Um, so I can't seriously say anything bad about him. It's just great things, and uh, that's the truth. I mean. I've had him, yes, 18, I had him there. And when I got drafted, uh, traded here, I got uh, very, very happy that uh, he was here. So it was kind of a comfort zone or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's just positive about him. We're talking with Kevin Fiala, the Wilds' leading scorer last season. And again, uh, scorching 
end to the regular season and led them in, in points as well in the playoffs. Uh, Kevin, um, who inspired you? This is a great question from Maddie. And by the way, I asked for a bunch of Twitter questions, so I got some twi- uh, Twitter questions for you. But Maddie has a great question. Who has inspired you to play hockey and wanting to be in the NHL? I, I know you've talked a lot about your grandfather. Can you tell a little? Tell me a little bit about him and, and how he inspired you. Well, um, my grandfather was always there for me. He um, he took me to practices uh, whenever. Uh, I mean, he was always there for me. But uh, my father played actually mm-hmm. um, hockey, so he took me always to his practices, and uh, he always tells me I never wanted to go off, you know, and uh, so <laughs> that's how it came. And then later on, I got a, a lot of uh, videos and stuff from my father and my grandfather to watch C.R. Miyager. So he was my big, big idol and inspiration um, while I was young. Uh, question from Randy here. Um, uh, it's a funny one. After being traded, did you ever think that you'd become the Wilds' go-to guy, fan favorite, and ultimate game changer. Yeah, well, um, I always thought I can be that player that I'm right now, even in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work out there. And uh, when I got traded here, I had the motivation, you know, and uh, had, yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's a tough question. I mean, you you always want to be the fan favorite and and all that but uh, my goal was always to be yeah it's always to be the best uh, the player that I can be you know and uh, yeah well it's a tough question it's a tough yeah. question but uh, but it, yeah. it is it is it is interesting Kevin like it just seems I mean I know you're young but it se- seems like your entire career so far has been overcoming adversity I mean you think about the the broken femur, you know, then you're traded in Minnesota for a fan favorite in Grandland. You get off to a slow start and yet you overcome that. Then, then you start last season and you overcome that and the, the tough start that you had to last season. I mean, is that one, one thing that you feel like has always been sort of a strength of yours is being able to, to not, not succumb to a lot of these pressures that might be uh, there for you. Um, yes, for sure. I mean, like you said, I had, a few tough, tough, uh, tough things in my in my way uh, throughout my career. I'm still young, but um, yeah, I don't know what to say. Kind of, <laughs> uh, I'm. Uh, I think my, my mental game is getting stronger and stronger. You know, and uh, yeah, the I think the the teammates and the 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 circle I have around me. You know, my girlfriend is helping me a lot too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it just helps uh, the people around me, my family as well, for sure. Here's a great question from Keith Landgreb. Uh What's the longest you've gone without FaceTiming your girlfriend? Without FaceTiming, uh, FaceTiming your girlfriend. <laughs> without? Yep, without. Uh, many, what's the longest? I don't know. <laughs> Some hours. <laughs> I don't know. I don't but, know. N- not a day. Yeah, that's the, uh, the that is the joke in the locker room. I remember Marcus Foligno said it in the uh, like uh, I did a player poll if you remember back in January, and, yeah, he, yeah. and he was joking around that how often you Facetime your girlfriend, and <laughs> frankly, you might have nothing to do in the hotel this uh, year on the road. It might be constant Facetiming. So yeah, well, uh, I love to Facetime, and I yeah, we call each other all the time. So <laughs> now it's out there. 
how, everyone knows. <laughs> uh, how how do you meet her, by the way? Because uh, if if Wild fans don't know, I mean, you're you're from Switzerland, uh, born and raised there, but you actually live in Gothenburg, Sweden, in the off season because that's where your girlfriend lives, right? Well, she's from uh, Young Shipping, it's called. Uh, that's where I played HV, in HV71 when I was uh, 17 years old. Th- mm-hmm. That year I got drafted. I played there, so I met her in school. Okay. Um, that's how and, we met. And you, so you, um, you usually, the way it works is that you go right back to Sweden or you go to Switzerland for a little while to see family and friends and then go to Sweden, or how does it work? Well, uh, we always go to to Switzerland first to meet my family uh, after season, right after season, mm-hmm. and then after some weeks, we we will leave Switzerland and uh, and be in Sweden. So I have my coach in Gothenburg that I met like um, like seven years ago, six years ago, and I love him. So I love Gothenburg as well. So that's why we're in Gothenburg. We love it there. Um, a question from Dylan, uh, Kevin. If I were to vacation in Switzerland, where and what would you recommend going and doing? I like eating, well, drinking, and hockey, he says. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zurich is always a fun city to go. If you like skiing, you should go in a mi- mountain somewhere, Zermatt or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would like, there's a lot of nice places. Luzern is nice. Uh, I mean, if he likes. Uh, <laughs> drinking and watching hockey it's maybe um zurich the best right i love lucerne yeah. i've been there twice went there last summer um yeah. what is it mount Pilatus? it's right right around there um and then lake lucerne is gorgeous man it yeah, is an expensive right. country though it is it's very expensive um yeah that's the bad part that's <laughs> yeah. the bad part you know the other awesome thing that we did on that trip was uh the top what is it the top of the earth that they call it there where you, uh, oh, I, I don't know. Oh, what's it called? I got to look it up. But, um, but basically, uh, God, what is it? I got to figure this out. You'll know how to pronounce it. Um, but you take a train up to this top of the mountain and then you could on top of the mountain, uh, like walk through all these oh. different glaciers. Um, oh my God. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, tell me how to pronounce this. It's Jungfrau, like J. Uh, Jungfrau. Okay. Jungfrau. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's it was, a really nice mountain, yeah. Yeah, it was absolutely awesome. They call it, I think, it's top of the earth. So, um, yeah. Yep. Highly, highly Have you recommend. Been there? Uh, yeah, I went there last summer. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. So. Yeah. Um, let me ask you. Let's see. You got more questions. Let me ask you um, a little bit about uh, about you know your the languages that you speak too. Like as everybody that's listening to this, Kevin, they know that you speak perfect English, but you also it's, you speak German. Uh, you speak what other like Swiss, uh, uh, Swedish? I mean, like what well, other languages? I don't. I don't speak perfect English. I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I can. I can communicate English. I can communicate um, Czech Republic because my parents are from Czech. Okay. I can communicate Swedish, <laughs> and German uh, is my. Well, I grew up there, so that's that's what i had every day in school and stuff but right. uh, my my mother language is czech right so that's got to be uh, like i even hear you communicating with zuccarello are you guys speaking swedish or what are you speaking yeah yep. well okay. he, he's from norway so it's very close norwegian to swedish so he he also played in sweden so he he actually uh, talks perfectly swedish wow that's pretty uh, cool like uh, you know from an 
you know, your typical dumb American standpoint, like I can't imagine like showing up in the middle of Europe and being able to just communicate uh, on the ice. Tell me about how difficult that is when you first come to the United States and you land in a place like Milwaukee and you've got to understand what a coach like Dean Evison is saying. How, how hard is that from your perspective when as an American, I got to think it's extremely difficult if you just show up in Russia and have to yeah. all of a sudden understand the coach. Yeah, so my English wasn't very good, but I could understand. And, and also there, I mean, my teammates helped me so much out. And and they they learned, you know, they learned me so much uh, how to live in America, kind of, you know, and the language as well, they they teach me. And uh, I had my girlfriend uh, after like two or three months there as well. So she was uh, helping me a lot. So, yeah. We're talking with uh, Kevin Fiala. Um, Kevin, you mentioned before, uh, you know, mentally that you think you got stronger last season. Um, you know, the the one thing that we definitely learned in the playoffs is that is that you're going to be you're now known as the Wild's most dangerous player. So obviously, opponent opposing teams are going to target you, try to get under your skin, lure you into penalties, things like that. How, how much is that sort of also the next step here is to is to maybe you know not show some of that frustration that I know that you you said after last season that that you felt during a little bit in the bubble yeah well that's a, that's a next step you know uh i have had some bad panelists in the in the playoffs and uh, last season as well you know so it's going to be my next step to to uh be calm and uh just try to focus on the game and be a great teammate and uh not take any bad penalties uh, because that hurts my team is it, didn't you actually like it's somebody told me that at one point you actually apologized to the team in the bubble for a penalty you took is that accurate or no well i i yeah i did um i did because uh, i did i think i had two bad penalties that game and well yeah that's just uh not the way it goes kind of yeah Right. Um, Kev, the other thing is you scored a couple goals from long distance in the bubble, which, you know, obviously we saw that again in Anaheim as well in your last regular season goal. Is that is that something that you think that maybe on the power play that you could actually play up top or uh, the point? Because I've been trying to figure out the Wilds power play units right now. And, and you know, I, I think that that Dean's alluded to maybe having one unit with four forwards. Is, is that something that you could play up top or or do you like a different position on the power play? Well, if that's not my call, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's you, you gotta ask Dean about that. I can't, I can't say about that. Right, right. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, do, do, uh, but do you feel comfortable in that type of position or no? Like I have uh, never played there before. Okay. But, yeah. So to just all of a sudden learn at this point, it would be difficult. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me ask you. Let's see a couple more Twitter questions. Uh, Joshua Velchoff asks. Uh, this is a funny one. Uh, my my daughter Brooke is the Kevin's biggest fan. Will you ask Kevin to give Brooke a shout out on the podcast as as we will be listening? She asked, "What pointers can you give her to improve her snapshot?" Well, um, what can she improve with the snapshot? Yep, yep. Okay, so um, well, it's just practice. That's that's the that's the truth. I have nothing more. I mean. Um, just uh, just shoot shoot pucks uh, every day, and uh, you will get better. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. the that's the thing. Uh, Shane uh, asks, um, after his injury, what was the tougher part of the mental side or the physical side of coming back from your broken femur? 
the mental. Uh, physically, it was tough too. Um, that took a long time. Um, first, it was the physical. You know, it was it was in the summer. It, it went in the playoffs. It happened in the playoffs, yeah. and so I had the summer uh, to rehab, and and it was like after two months, I think after eight weeks, I was on the ice for the first time. But then it took a long, long time before I got like like quick legs again and uh that i could push push with my left uh with my left leg as like before you know but uh mm-hmm. when it, when we started playing it was mentally i uh i was scared to go behind the net where i got hit uh in the boards I, yeah i was yeah it was it was tough but uh it took time and and now it's now it's gone so it's that's awesome. I, I can't imagine what that must have been like. I covered Curtis Foster's injury in San Jose when he broke his femur with the Minnesota Wild, and it was one of the scariest incidents uh, that I've ever seen. And and I remember watching yours uh, live on TV during that playoff run, and and uh, seeing the pictures of you on Twitter in the hospital and things like that. Weren't you like in the hospital with like Johansson at the time, or am I wrong on that? Yeah, that. No, uh, you're right in that. But I was I got injured in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, so I was in the hospital there, and that was like I don't know, like two, three weeks later, he got injured against Anaheim at home. So he was in the hospital in Nashville, and I, so I watched with him in the hospital the game five, I think. Yeah. Right. Game five. Yeah. So that was in Nashville. The the you know the when you're sitting there in that hospital room coming back from such a major major injury. You know your game is all about speed. You know, were you were you worried about the your your NHL future at that point, or, or not really? No, honestly, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I always knew I'm coming back uh, stronger than ever. Um, but on the way, on the way, like it was tough. Like after the surgery and when I got going with the rehab and was like i think in the fourth month or so it just didn't move like uh i it didn't get better at all like i was on the ice uh for about about a month or five six weeks and then just one day later uh i got quick kind of it was very very strange because i couldn't skate quickly for about five six weeks and then the next day i i was very very fast like the the power was there, you know. So, but back to the question. No, I wasn't very concerned. No, I'm I'm really amazed though that it doesn't feel like your speed has been hindered whatsoever. Are you the same skater that you were pre-injury? Uh, yeah, actually, I I feel better now, uh, and uh, stronger, and I don't know. I um, I feel I feel I'm I'm better now. Um, let's see. <laughs> How about this Twitter name? Uh, Foxy Fiala ass. Um, that's not your like burner account, right? Or it's... no, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, Foxy <laughs> Fiala asks uh, about your personal contact with Kaprizov. Tell us, tell everybody. I mean, you know, you know, I'm sure you've gathered. I know you've, you've been here for, you know, a little more than a year. I'm sure you've gathered how much Wild fans are looking forward to seeing Kaprizov. What's he been like in the locker room? Have you gotten to be actually on the ice with him yet? Uh, okay, so he's a very, very nice guy, a uh, very funny guy, you know, he's not shy at all, you can talk to him, uh, 
just a very very nice guy i feel like uh, has always a smile on his face and works hard uh, first time today on the ice with him uh yeah very impressive he's a skilled guy you know uh, makes plays loves to loves to make plays and uh, can shoot the puck as well so yeah i feel uh, he's gonna be very good for us Obviously, we don't we don't know the lines yet. We'll see that on uh, Monday when you guys are on the ice for the first time. But but do you you know do, could you see yourself meshing with him if you guys get to get a play together? I know that Dean's at least mentioned that you'll be on the same power play unit. He hasn't mentioned what even strength line you'll be on. Well, I don't know. Um, that's another question that <laughs> I can't answer. I mean, uh, I I don't I don't really care who I play with. I feel. I feel our team is is very good this year, and uh, uh, so I'm very comfortable with anybody. How, what's it, what's it been like in that locker room? Whether you have just so many new faces, uh, you know, again, you're, you're coming in two years ago, and you're being introduced to a, a brand new team, a bunch of new teammates, and you know, if you think about the amount of changes that have even happened to the Wild since you got here, it's pretty remarkable how different the locker room looks like. Yeah, it looks different, but uh, I feel it's it's more and more like a family, you know, and, uh, the guys are awesome. All of them. I, I really love them. And, uh, yeah, so it is different. It's a, it's a different, different, a lot of different faces, like you said. So, uh, but I was, uh, when I got here, I, I feel just, uh, very positive and very, everybody's very close to each other. It feels like, so it's going to be very exciting. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Back here with uh, Kevin Fiala, uh, final like 10 or 15 minutes of the show, Kevin. Um, I did want to ask you, uh, you know, obviously you came from Nashville. Nashville is one of my favorite places in the world. I, I absolutely love uh, traveling there. Um, it, it had to be just frightening for you the other night, other day to, to see the bombing that happened in Nashville. We all know that area. It's right in downtown uh, Nashville, right along the river by the old uh, Charlie Daniels uh, Museum and all that. It had to be just scare, scary watching from afar. Oh, yeah. Very scary. When I saw that news, uh, yeah, tragic, uh, terrible news. I, I, I don't know, even know what to say about that. Uh I hope, uh, yeah. I, I I read that nobody nobody got hurt, so that's uh, amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. So hope they can uh, they can calm down, and yeah, I pray for them. 
The uh, what was it like living in downtown Nashville when you were a player there? Uh, to me, if if I was a young guy living in downtown Nashville, I don't know if hockey would be my first priority. It's <laughs> it's such a it's such a fun, fun, fun uh, downtown. What what was it like uh, living there? Well, it was uh, was good. I mean, the the weather was warm, and like you said, you know, uh, the the music, uh, the country music is. Uh, you can go whenever, whenever you go, whenever you want. You can, you can leave the house and do and go to the city. You know, uh, go to the Broadway and find some fun things to do. Uh, honestly, when when I lived there, uh, I wasn't. I was maybe once or twice on Broadway. So it's. Uh, I think it's different when you live there and when mm-hmm. you get and uh, when you will when you go there for a road trip. You know. So uh, I liked it. I, I liked it, but honestly, I like it a lot more here. Yeah, it, it's probably not unlike uh, Jason Zucker when he says, you know, he lives in Vegas, and he's like, you know, when you live there, you actually never go down to the Strip. So it's yeah. probably not unlike that down there. A um, couple fun questions, uh, Kevin. Aaron Heckman asks, what's your pregame meal? Pregame meal is uh, spaghetti meatballs with uh, breaded chicken on top. Do you have a do, do do you make that at home or do you have a favorite place that you go to? Uh, La Grola in Minnesota, and okay. on the road we eat at hotel. It where? At the hotel. Oh, okay, at the hotel. Um, Justin Walters uh, asks, who I think is an aspiring either sports writer or sports broadcaster, uh, pregame rituals. Do you have any? Um, pregame on the on the road is I go on the second bus and. I play soccer before all the time right after meeting and I do my pre uh, pre warm up like the routine that's uh, always the same the, is, on the ice or are you talking before the before in the before the ice and on the ice as well right I, feel what are like, some... I, I think I do the all like the the routes all over again like every every game <laughs> right same exact that you do. I always yeah. watch. Uh, I always get a kick out of watching Brodeen and Dumba during warmups. They uh, they seem to play with each other all the time. Throw pucks across the ice. Um, yeah, they have a fun going. Yeah, it is. Oh, who's the best soccer player on the team? Best soccer player. I think that's going to be Brodeen. He's uh, and you, by the way, how close do you live to all the Swedes? So uh, in uh, in Sweden. In Sweden, um, like. To Brodin and Ecker, I think like about three hours. Oh, okay. And to Ra- to Rasky, like five. Okay. Yeah. Big country. <laughs> yeah. Um, huge. Let's a uh, couple more questions. Let's see. Uh, Tony asks, uh, "What? Oh, uh, yeah. first of all, have you been watching the World Junior Championships?" Yes, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, he says, "What are your couple of your key takeaways from playing on the 2014 tournament that uh, helped you become a pro early on?" Sorry, I didn't understand. Uh, just uh, you, you played in the 2014 World Juniors. What were some of the key things that you learned there? What type of experience was it? Well, uh, it was fast. That was my experience for a Swiss player uh, to play against Canada or Russia. Um, they're very much bigger, much stronger, much faster. I, th- I feel like they mm-hmm. can do everything better, kind of. And so that's the key points to to uh, kind of know where the where the, the best players are in the world and uh, so you you know what what you have to do in the next years the um do you do you feel like 
the, the way the tournament is structured is a good thing. I mean, you know, I think a lot of Wild fans have wondered how beneficial it is for, say, somebody like Marco Rossi, um, who's their first-round pick this year. He's from Austria. You'll, you know, um, he plays in Zurich. You'll probably get to. I, I know he speaks German, so you'll probably get to speak mm-hmm. to him in uh, in his native uh, tongue there. Um, but you know, you know, he's playing in a, on a team that's been severely overmatched, and and you know, because of that, they're they're just getting killed every night. I mean, is is it still beneficial? this once-in-a-lifetime experience, or could it actually hurt you? No. I mean, uh, you want to go. You mm-hmm. want to go if you can. Um, that's a big thing. You, can, you will always remember. I think it's 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 big, you know, uh, everywhere. Everybody is watching as well. So it's a fun, uh, it's a fun tournament, and, and you can play for your country. So that's uh, – it doesn't get any better. So – I feel uh, if you can go, you, you have to go. Last couple for uh, Kevin. Uh, Peter Schwartz asks, who's your best friend on the team? Best friend? Uh, I don't know. It's a tough one. I Like I said before, I, I really like everyone. But uh, I have... Uh, we are in the... With the Swedes, with Swedish guys, we have a little group. So we eat uh, on the roads together most of the time. So... If I have to pick someone, it's going to be all of them. <laughs> um, who is your dream center in the, uh, to play with in the NHL? Anybody? Dream you... center? Um, yeah. <clears throat> I really like McKinnon. How he plays, how, um, yeah, how he, yeah, how he does, how he does everything. Kind of, uh, he can, he can do it all. And a similar question from Crunch: ex- excluding wild players, who is your favorite center to play with? In Nashville. In Nashville, back then. Yep. Uh, who was it? Sorry. Uh, so, what was the question? Sorry. Uh, yeah. Who, uh, who is your favorite center to play with, in, uh, excluding wild players? So the fa- it was not the the question. Before? Yeah, yeah. So favorite, basically favorite center to play with when you played with the Predators. Oh, with the Predators. Um. So when I was with the Preds, who was the the best center to play with with the Preds? Yep. That was uh, I like tourists. Okay. The most. I was watching actually. A, it's funny. I was watching a uh, video of uh, that unbelievable goal that you scored against. Who was it? Um, uh, where he made a play coming out of the zone, and, and uh, I think it was Craig Smith passed it to you for an overtime winner. Um, Oh, that was against Winnipeg. Yeah, in Win- yeah. Winnipeg. Yeah. That was an unbelievable play. Um, but Turris made it in the D zone. And, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, it was just a great play. He made play. it all happen. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you, just Kevin, uh, just co- coming into this year here, um, you know, I know that we started the show talking about your expectations, but, you, you know, do, do you feel like there's that you, that there's extra pressure on yourself or you're not going to think of it like that at all? I'm not going to try to. I mean... It's gonna be, you know, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to to stay focused and uh, have fun with my teammates and and uh, I think it's gonna all settle. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be good. Well, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to covering you, Kevin. It's uh it's been it's been a long 
nine months, I think, for all of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but especially for the sports writers who have to basically watch and cover hockey from home. So uh, looking forward to at least getting live in the rinks again and, and at least seeing you guys that way, even though after the games we'll be talking on Zoom. But, uh, you know, you're an absolute, uh, you know, I really do appreciate you coming on here and, and giving uh, Wild fans a little time, especially right before training camp. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, Kev. Yeah. Thank you so much as well. Thank you. That is uh, Kevin Fiala, the wild leading scorer. And again, if you are an athletic subscriber, you know that you can listen to podcasts all throughout the, the network. Uh, you could go listen to Jeff Patterson and Thomas Trance. They have a new VanCast this week at The Athletic. And check out our comment section for each podcast episode at The Athletic app. And rate and subscribe to Straight From The Source on Apple. And don't forget, if you aren't already a subscriber, it's your last chance this week to go to theathletic.com slash straight from the source and receive two all-access subscriptions for just the price of one. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Thank you.